and welcome to Pending Moderation, if this is your first time joining us. And welcome back if you're joining us again. I'm Mark. <laughs> uh, and just like the previous episode, I'm joined by my buddy, Phil. Hi, Phil. Hi, I'm Phil. I am joining Mark for this episode. <laughs> right, how are you doing today, Phil? Oh, I'm doing quite well today. It's, it's a beautiful uh, cloudless day outside, or it was earlier when, when the sun was up. But yeah, great day so far. <laughs> All right, cool. So, um, I just wanted to like maybe emphasize one or two things before we start this topic because uh, neither of us are experts on what we're about to talk about. We just, you know, pick topics and that we find interesting, and then you know, we just chat shit about them. So, um, if any of our listeners want to add to the discussion, or if you have a suggestion or anything like that, um. We'll set up a system for you guys to give us suggestions and feedback very soon. Uh, we're still figuring this out. We're very new to it. All right, today's I, conversation. Oh, wait, sorry, Phil, go. I was just going to say I agree with you. All right, cool. Thank you for agreeing with me, Phil. Your agreement is appreciated. Today's conversation is titled Sobriety, Intoxication, and Your Base State. So we're going to have a chat about the effects of intoxicants, stimulants, and the state we spend the majority of our time in, and sort of how that compares to sobriety sort of in a general sense, and what sobriety maybe means for each of us, or for me specifically, and for you maybe as well. Um, so the topic came from a conversation that we had uh, about, you know, considering you know what is sober and when you wake up are you sober if you're hanging if you're hanging over from the previous day are you still sober once you've had your first coffee once you start taking nicotine things like that you know like how does sobriety differ from you know say the natural state you wake up in and then also like things like you know getting a good night's sleep having a few drinks the previous night like you know those all affect the, the sort of state you wake up in so that's sort of where I want to start the conversation. So, uh, Phil, what do you consider your sort of natural sober state to be, and how does that differ sort of from what you think or what you consider your base state and your state you spend the majority of time in? Well, my base state is very simple. Caffeinated and nicotinated. Because uh, I, I am a smoker, so I do smoke. I am smoking a lot less lately because I, I've been vaping instead of smoking. Um, but that happens when I go out and when I, when I drink with friends and I get a pack of cigarettes as well. But generally I stick to vape because it's less harmful on me, but I still get my nicotine in. And of course, every day starts with a good old cup of coffee. Um, I'm drinking a dark roast right now and I'm quite enjoying it. I love drinking coffee and it keeps me... It keeps my base state as base as it can be. Um, I deviate from it, but my base state is essentially caffeinated and nicotined up. And that's that's how I like it. I like coffee. It's a great addiction. Okay, yeah. So I can see you sort of you, you sort of differentiate between, you know, like awakening sort of how you wake up, that's basically sober, and then how you are the majority of the time, that that's what you that's what I also consider my base state, and that for you is sort of caffeinated. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, so when I was researching for, for the topic, you know, um, I was obviously went back into the books uh, of Michael Pollan, uh, and most people probably know him 
because he was on Joe Rogan and he's done like a wired uh, videos and stuff like on YouTube. There's like a lot of stuff about him now. He's sort of a bit more in the, the social media sort of sphere of things. So um, he wrote a bunch of books about nutrition and food and things like that. And then he wrote three more books more recently. Um, and those books are Caffeine and How, or How Coffee and Tea Created the Modern World, How to Change Your Mind, and This is Your Mind on Plant. Um, we'll probably, I don't know, like if we can link the books in the description, but we'll, we'll, we'll write those titles, books down if anyone wants to read them out. So, um, those books are sort of relevant to our discussion today, specifically like the way that, uh, Michael Poland investigates the topic and, um, he uses the term, um, base con baseline consciousness, uh, in his books. So that's probably a better term than base state, but. But, you know, I'm not a professional and he, he probably is. And he probably knows a bit more what he's talking about. Um, but just base state is just, it's simple to say. And it's just like, it's it's what I got used to saying before I saw, I spoke to, or started listening to microphone and reading about microphone. So, um, yeah, I don't know. You, you know about microphone already, Paul? Uh, I've only read a couple of articles about him. It wasn't really in depth things. Um, I I heard about coffee and how coffee has helped invented the modern world. Uh, and essentially, I just know whatever you have told me about Michael Poland. Okay, um, yeah, cool. So yeah. so that, that's fine. I mean, you don't really need much background here. Uh, I'll go through some of the the sort of uh, things as they're relevant. But <clears throat> basically, while he was researching for his caffeine book. Um, he spoke to some people and, uh, basically, I think it was a, a psychologist or someone who does like, like trials. He suggested that the only way he's going to understand his relationship with caffeine fully is to first completely stop it for a while. Um, so that he can see sort of what are the withdrawals? What is his dependency on it? What is it like when he doesn't have it? And then when he takes it again, he will sort of have a better understanding of like the effects as they come back to him. So, um, Michael Pollan basically stopped all of his caffeine intake for like three months, I think. Um, and then, because he wanted to obviously see you know, what it was like, like about it. And um, basically, he described the experience on Joe Rogan's podcast and on a couple of other interviews when he's like spoken about it. And obviously, in the book as well, he talks about how it was such a dreadful experience to stop, uh, stop using coffee. And how he basically felt like he was uh, like a mess, like a like a jittery sort of unfocused person. And because he's a writer, he wasn't able to concentrate, so he wasn't able to write. And he said um, he felt like there was a, a veil sort of dulling his experience, um, and he didn't feel like himself. Um, and that's what brought him to the conclusion that he, that the the himself that he's talking about is caffeinated, similar to like how you feel most like yourself when when you're caffeinated <coughs> uh, so so that's basically how he explains baseline consciousness it's like it's like your preferred state or the state that you feel so like as soon as you sort of in that that state where you sort of feel the most like yourself um, so I'm not much of a coffee drinker uh, as you know I get kind of uh, jittery and hyperactive uh, if I take caffeine so um and i also don't really like 
bitter roasted tasty things. Like I, I make beer, but I don't even like you know stout beers and things like that. They just I don't like that bitter roasted taste. So I, I assume you probably do do like that taste, right? Yeah, I quite enjoy it. It's it's moved over to other things that I drink as well. If if I get a roasty flavor to something, uh, I just look at it and I go, oh, so yummy, so roasted. Yeah, do you like coffee <laughs> flavored it. things as well? Uh, well, I tend to keep the coffee flavors to my coffee, but you can get coffee essentially wherever wherever you want to get coffee. As I said, it's one of the best addictions. But my yeah. Biggest, my biggest issue with coffee was um, a couple of years ago, I used to drink coffee with a lot of sugar. And I decided, no, no, I'm going to move off of the sugar, just get less sugar in my life, and just concentrate on getting the coffee flavor that I like so much. So it took me a little bit to get off of that. But I love coffee, love coffee flavored. Um, is a coffee flavored bread here that actually tastes really nice. And... Other than that, no, I don't like coffee sweets. I don't like coffee, yeah. uh, coffee I'm not, muffins. I'm not a fan of coffee flavored things either, but I don't like coffee. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and you're obviously quite reliant on coffee uh, to do your like daily whatever. Like, how functional are you if you don't have coffee? I am functional, but it feels like, you know, I'm still waking up. So I'd wake up, and there are times where I go to work. And then I'd start working, and then when it comes to like ten o'clock, I am I'm just feeling that I need a coffee. I just need one coffee at least during the day, and it's translated over to everything else. Uh, like I I do go to the gym, and when I go to the gym, I also take a pre-workout, and pre-workout is also packed with coffee. But then you get out of the gym, you you're packed with coffee or with caffeine. And also, your dopamine starts hitting it, and everything just feels great after that. But coffee, that's how I do things. Have you spent any amount of time not taking coffee or not taking caffeine? There was a little bit of time where I didn't have any coffee or any caffeine. And I think it was just me who wanted to half explore a world where I didn't have coffee. It didn't last for three months. I lasted for about three weeks and I just didn't drink coffee during that whole time. But in lieu of the coffee, I would be drinking a couple of other things like a um, a soda. Well, soda or a, a cool drink. So yeah, I would be drinking this... caffeine. Yeah, that does exactly. Caffeine. Yeah. So I would still get some caffeine in me, but it wouldn't be to the extent that I would yeah. with coffee because I would get, I would have a coffee in the morning and then I would have a coffee later in the day. So I did cut down from having like a coffee essentially every, every couple of hours to having two during the day. And today is a little bit of an exception because I'm, I'm recording. I, I, I want my, my, my brain to flow nicely. <laughs> and as a result, I am having some coffee here today. So, yeah, let's do that. I hear you. I hear you. <clears throat> and I've actually, yeah. I've actually just proven everything you are saying. <laughs> well, well, no, no. I mean, I'm not trying to make a point to prove anything. Like, that's the whole point of these podcasts, just to, to discuss things that are interesting. It's not to, to like, oh, this is how it should be or to 
to speak to like you know say like we we know more than anyone else like more likely than not we know less than everyone else <laughs> so yeah it's just it's just something that i'm like we spoke about briefly and i thought would make you know a pretty good topic and so you know that's the anger i'm coming out of from you know um just because i don't drink coffee doesn't mean i'm without my vices i'm going to get to that in a bit you know because I'm, I'm obviously i've smoked a lot of nicotine in the past uh i did quit cigarettes but i still do vape every now and then so you know like i'm not without my own vices we'll, we'll get to that in a bit i just want to sort of uh cover the, the, the coffee part first so um <clears throat> uh, michael poland uh when he finally after he took the sort of three months off coffee and went through sort of his unfocused uh, sort of period um, and noticing sort of, you know, he doesn't feel like himself and things like that. He said, you know, he sort of got used to the, the, the withdrawal of coffee within like a week or two and it wasn't like that much. Obviously, he still missed it, you know, when someone like has coffee around you, you smell it and it smells nice. Like, um, I can understand that. Um, and he said basically the first time he had coffee now after the three months, he, he had already sort of planned out in his mind of like where he wanted to go, how he wanted to do, experience it. And he said the, the first time he had coffee, it was, he described it as psychedelic, the, the experience. Um, and I found it like so interesting that he used that word, you know, like psychedelic things that it's, it's a word usually used to like describe, you know, the experiences of like mushrooms or LSD or, or something like, like, you know, that's going to really alter your perception and your, your visuals and your you know, uh, sense of self. Uh, so it's, it's quite crazy that he chose you know, psychedelic as the word um, for, for the effect. Um, he said like it, it was waves and waves of well-being and, and euphoria. And uh, he actually even compared it, I think, on the, I think it was on Joe Rogan's podcast, he compared it to um, cocaine. Um, so it, it's it's crazy. I mean, like, so that's why I wanted to ask you. You know, if you if you've been uh, without coffee for a while, how was it when you finally had coffee again? Did you have that feeling? Because I mean, you did also have minor amounts of caffeine in between, you know, sodas and that stuff. Yeah. For me, when I when I got back on the coffee, it was essentially I asked myself, "Why'd you go off coffee? This feels amazing." Because you have the first cup. And immediately you start feeling the effects. You start feeling, okay, my body's, it, it's responding to me how I am used to it responding. Um, I, I, could, I could see things clearly, you know, and it's, it's just that concentration thing is a big thing. Being able to concentrate without coffee, is, it's difficult. Because, you know, generally if you sit and watch something or you sit and work on something, you're sitting with a cup of coffee next to you. And you can do that anywhere. You sit in a cafe, you have a coffee with you, you, um, you're playing a game, anything. Coffee with you, you know you're good, you're sorted, you'll have nice, quick reflexes and all of that. And it felt to me like, I didn't feel like it was a, like I was on cocaine, but I did feel the sudden influx of energy. And with that influx of energy came the notion that, you know what? I could probably do anything I want to do today. I, I, I could walk out of this house right now and go and do something crazy, and I would just enjoy it. So I had that little feeling, but nowhere as noticeable or as how um, Michael Poland describes it. 
on cocaine. <laughs> well, yeah, he doesn't say like he felt like he was on cocaine. He just compared. He just compared it like you know the that that sort of uh, um, energetic, focused sort of feeling. Um, so he, but he said like right after he had about twenty minutes of sort of that really good well-being feeling, and then he says um, something sort of changed or, or turned in his mind or. Uh, or something happened. He basically, while he was sitting in the, in the coffee shop or restaurant or wherever it was, he heard a, a garbage truck uh, in the background. Um, and it was, you know, it obviously has those very metallic, cranky, metal, shaky sounds as it shakes up the, the um, garbage. And he, he said, like, you know, it sort of uh, annoyed him. It got, like, under his skin a little bit and it made him feel uh, irritable. And so he basically wanted to leave. And he had like a feeling, or you know, like this restless feeling of wanting to get something done, you know. And and you sort of said something similar, you know, that feeling of like wanting to get up and go and do something, you know. Um, yeah. So that's basically the the feeling he described as well, like almost a, a compulsive feeling, like it, it, it's like oh, I can't just sit still and do nothing right now. I have to go and do something. So he ended up basically uh, unsubscribing from like email lists and feeding out his email <laughs> box, and then he rearranged his his uh, cupboard and he did a bunch of stuff like that, you know, uh, for a few hours. So um, I assume, yeah, you you still get that same effect, you know, if you haven't had coffee in a while and you have coffee, then you probably get that burst of like energy and focus and the desire to want to like you know do something, right? Yeah, it's excellent after you've. Uh... After you've gone out a night before. So you go out a night, you drink a little bit too much, you wake up in the morning and you're just thinking, ah, I can't do anything today. But then you remember that you promised someone that you would go with him to like someplace. And then you're like, okay, let's let's pound a couple of cups of coffee. So you pound one cup of coffee and then you wait. And then you pound a second cup of coffee and then, then you're like, ah, oh, I've had two cups of coffee. I don't know if I'm ready yet. So you pound a third cup of coffee. Well, there's water <laughs> in between. You pound a third cup of coffee and you're like, yo, I am ready to do this. And then, of course, you go sit on the toilet and you just, you just shit your brains out. And then <laughs> after you shit your brains out, then you're ready to go. You know, you grab, grab some water, put it in a bottle. You're like, yes, I'm good to go. Mission out and you have a good day until, until, you know, all the coffee wears off and the hangover comes back full force. But... That's when you take you take good use of that energy. You go to a place where you can eat or just get something in your stomach to help make sure you are you you are fueling yourself again. Drink plenty of water because you need to drink water to offs offset what happens to your body with um, caffeine with coffee because it is it does dehydrate you, so it leaves you with less water in your body, and also it dehydrates you by acting as a diuretic so causing you to like you know shit yourself <laughs> after after drinking Sounds five so cups great. of coffee <laughs> but drink water if i had to have three three cups of coffee after a night of drinking if i didn't like die on, uh, during that process i would probably be able to see time <laughs> <laughs> like cuz you know, you were talking about that restless, uh, compulsive feeling to do something. I get that yeah. naturally. I, I just get that. I feel that almost all the time. I actually, while I'm busy doing this podcast right now, I kind of have that feeling of like, oh, 
am I am I being productive enough right now? <clears throat> so I get I have that sort of edgy, uh, compulsive like, are you doing something feeling? Most of the time. Um, so I guess I can kind of relate to that a little bit, uh, but not uh, like I said, I'm not a coffee drinker. So the, the, probably the closest thing I can relate to to the coffee drinking is nicotine. You know, because um, when I was a smoker. I would very quickly recognize the uh, the like like oh I haven't had a cigarette in a while, um, and if I hadn't smoked for a day or two, I would very quickly not feel like myself. Um, you know, I feel really grumpy and fr- irritable and frustrated, and you know, struggle to focus. You know, keep thinking about like oh when am I going to cigarette kind of thing. So I don't know. Um, Obviously, I've quit cigarettes since then. I quit in like 2014, I think, already. So, um, the chemical addictions aside, and like, the, it's more that feeling of not feeling quite yourself. That's sort of what I want to focus on. It's like, um, you know, if I use a vape now, it, it doesn't make me feel like I did then when I smoked. So, that little, like, one or two milligrams of nicotine that, that I get in the vape every now and then. That's not, you know, uh, making a massive difference, I feel. <clears throat> um, I mean, like, I don't really enjoy the cigarette smoking side of things anymore. So even if the nicotine addiction was good, like, I know that I can get nicotine from a vape. So the cigarette feeling is just not the desirable feeling. I used to enjoy, like, the toasted smells and, you know, like, the, 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 the like that, that roasted toasted smell of the cigarette. Or even the the flavored grodies and things like that. I love that stuff, but like now, when someone lights it up, I don't get the craving anymore. And I've had like cigars and and, and like tobacco and stuff since I quit smoking. But it wasn't like I looked really forward to my friend's wedding because I could have a cigar there. And at the the, the wedding, it was just, it wasn't it wasn't how I remembered it. It wasn't as pleasant. Uh, something had changed in the experience. So and I think it's just because like my base state. Or my baseline consciousness is not a nicotine, you know, uh, saturated or nicotine addicted consciousness anymore. You know. Yeah, I, I, however, do not have the, the same experience because I do still smoke, and as I said earlier, it's essentially when I go out, I am making the transition into vape because I. With cigarettes, I, I'm not enjoying it as much as I, I used to enjoy it. Because I used to enjoy it just going out, having uh, like four cigarettes or whatnot. And then I think, oh, I just had four cigarettes. Life is great. Um, so for me, the only time I'm actually properly smoking is during, well, when I go out and drinking and after I eat my lunch. It's specifically lunch. Because when I come home, or when I'm done with work and I come home, then generally it's just faith from me on out. If yeah. an entire weekend goes by, um, because I'm not working, I feel less less pressure to like make sure that I am as chilled as possible. So over the weekends, I also I would have hell like one cigarette a weekend if I don't go out. And if I do go out, I would buy a pack of smokes. I, I had a pack of smoke last me over this last two weeks. 
I had one whole pack of smoke. Well, it lasted the entire week. And it lasted the week because I was giving people cigarettes. So I'd be on my lunch break, I'd have a cigarette and give my friend a cigarette. Um, and then we would smoke that cigarette and then there's this other dude who comes and joins us as well. And then I give him a cigarette. And I was astonished to see that a pack had lasted that long. But I was still getting the nicotine with less of the the negative benefits that came with it. And I didn't, I, I don't enjoy it all that much. But yeah. the one thing that smoking really helps you with is breathing for some strange reason. When you smoke, you breathe in and you breathe out. And you breathe in slowly and you breathe out slowly. And that in itself is a way of calming you down. You know, so if you if you're all stressed out. Yeah, nicotine's just a central nervous system depressant, so it literally is relaxing the whole nervous system. Yeah. So you you think, ah, I'm so relaxed, I'm so good. Um and I am moving I would like to move entirely onto um the vapes that I have, work entirely on vapes. And the transition is going slowly, but I'm not putting any pressure on myself because I know the change is happening and it's coming and yeah, I'm just, I'll keep you guys updated on how it goes. Yeah. I, I have the one piece of advice I can sort of give in terms of like quitting smoking is like, there's only one way to quit smoking and that's to choose to like no, no plan or program or patch or any of those things is going to make you stop smoking unless you want to stop smoking. Like, mm. that's the big thing. Like, I was, like, hounded a lot because I smoked, like, two boxes a day pretty much for about, I don't know, at least three years of the six years that I was smoking properly. And, um, yeah, a lot of people tried to convince me to stop. And it was only until, like, I had gone without cigarettes for, I think it was, like, a day or two because I had, like, a throat, a throat infection thing. And then by day three, I was like, oh, I really you know, kind of want a cigarette, but I've gone two days without it. And then I just sort of started, like, you know, your sinus is clear, you can sort of breathe again, you can start smelling again. And then I realized, like, everything in my room stank. Like, it all smelled like stale <laughs> smoke. Even my fresh clothes smelled like stale smoke. And I was like, man, that's kind of gross. And then, like, I don't know, I guess I got into my own head about it. And within three weeks from there, I had, like, cold turkey, I'm done with this. I'm not smoking it. So, yeah, it happens, I guess. But uh, the one thing I do smoke is cannabis. So that is kind of a, it's kind of a vice in a sense, I would say, because like it is still, you know, an intoxicant and it does uh, change your mental state a bit. So, you know, it's something you've got to be careful about because if you try it, you know, like it's with all substances, I think can become a problem. But but cannabis specifically, because you don't want to be doing your your, your work if people are relying on you. Uh, you can't be stoned. Like I do the paralegal work. I can't be stoned and do people's legal documents, and I can't be stoned and answer people's questions. And people aren't going to want to pay me for my time if I'm stoned while I rock up. So I try to get my work done first, and then. Cannabis is sort of the reward afterwards. Um, and when I, you know, it, like the whole cannabis thing started as like, you know, being curious about it. You are in, in varsity or in high school or whatever, and you know, people are smoking and 
you, we're getting yes, Africa. We obviously get you know the, the life orientation propaganda of you know it's basically the same as heroin, and then you're like, okay, well, then why do the heroin addicts look different to the pot addicts if it's the same thing, you know? And you basically get curious, and I try cannabis in varsity, and the best thing that that did for me is that I've had insomnia my entire life, and when I smoked cannabis for the first time, it was the first night I, in my entire life that I just that I can remember that I just slept, like just fell asleep and went to sleep, and then woke up the next day having slept the night, and I was like, this is crazy. Um, and then I tried to like convince you know family members things like that wasn't super well received. Uh, but now you know <laughs> time is times have changed and you know people are a lot more accepting of it. It's finally you know got a degree of legality here. Uh, so yeah, I've probably been using cannabis for about ten years now, um, and I'd say it's definitely my preferred state, even if it's not the state that I stay spend the majority of my time in. I don't know, it probably is, you know, considering I work very freelance, so I'm only working for a small portion of the day, and then the evening I'm smoking, and then I'm obviously sleeping. When I go to sleep, I've still got cannabis in my system. So, you know, I think more more of the time I am, you know, spent under the, under the effect of cannabis, uh, or medicated, if you will. Um... So yeah, that's definitely my base state, and I know you know when I when I finally have a smoke, then I feel like oh okay, it's also that feeling of you're breathing out. It's like I'm done with with everything I had to do. I can sort of relax and I'll be myself. You know, I can put my baggy hippie pants on, put some you know cartoons on in the background or something, and I can build a, a project or, or work on something. So that's the state I like to be in, you know, that, that creative, goofy state and not have, like, all the thoughts and busyness in my head and, you know, um, not to, like, self-diagnose or anything, you know, but, you know, that ADHD hyperactivity feeling, you know, that I have sort of all the time anyway, like, it dulls that down a bit. So it makes me feel a bit more chilled, a bit more sort of level and baseline. Uh, how about you, Phil? Anything to add to that? Well, I mean, you're the reason that I started smoking weed <laughs> and I enjoyed it. I and I'm speaking of it in the past tense. Um let me let me start the story at the beginning. When I started smoking, I also thought, wow, I'm chilled. Because that that busyness that keeps happening in your head where you keep it it's just you second guessing everything at that point. Um what cannabis has allowed me to do was to half let it go. And I like, I, I haven't realized it at the time, but I always, excuse me, I always like to have a vice grip of control, you know, control over how, how I react to things and how I'm going to um, talk about things and how I'm going to do things. And once I started smoking, it was me thinking, all right, now I can chill. And I also feel more creative when I am, um, when I smoke weed. So I'm able to build more things. That's where my love of Minecraft also grew exponentially because I was able to just smoke up and then play some Minecraft and enjoy the Minecraft. And I also made sure that I didn't smoke while at work. There were exceptions to it, 
when I knew I had a whole day where I would be working unsupervised and I'll be working um, just like on an assembly line type of project where I'm like, like setting up computers because I used to work for a computer lab and I'm like, cool, we're setting up the computers. Let's get everything ready and you don't have to think, you just do. So those were the exceptions to it. But generally, I would also only smoke after work was done, after I'm done with all of that and I'm able to be myself. Um, when I, I have moved since moved and I have moved to a country where weed is not legal. And on top of all of that, they really encourage whistleblowers. And before you start any job, um, if you're working with children or you're working with people or anything like that, you have to go for a full body test, full body checkup. So they check your blood, they check your, um, like your, your drug levels as well. And if you are sober and they deem you as sober, then it's fine. Then you can continue on and you can get your visa and all of that. So before I came to um, this country I'm in, I have, I stopped smoking like weed. And it was, took me a couple of, like a month or so to clean my system out entirely. And since coming here, I've been here for three years, more than three years, actually. <laughs> and um, it's been three years without weed. And it's, for me, I, I still try to get back to a chilled type of lifestyle. Um, and with that, when I moved here, it was more me smoking cigarettes to make up for the fact that I... I'm not as short as I as I would like to be. And I like it. I I would prefer it to smoking cigarettes. So if at any point someone went, yo, would you rather smoke cigarettes but uh smoke weed, but no cigarettes during the day, uh, but at night you can have a doobie or two, I would choose it in an instant. <laughs> but it's also um I I've uh, gone on to live without it. And it's been, well, it's, it's just been life. I can't say it was more fulfilling and less fulfilling. It was just different times in my life where I had different substances affect me differently, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit different, I think, for me as well. Like, I've gotten really into, into you know, cannabis and things like that simply because um, of the benefits I received, like, medically. So the fact that I can sleep, and I've also got like a few muscular like problems, so it's benefited me so much. And I've seen how other people that I know and that I've like made oils and things like that for, like how they've benefited from it. So I, it, it just depends. Like everything can be, you know, too much. Everything can be. You can have a bad relationship with anything. You can have a bad relationship with you know self help videos. Um, it's it's all possible, so I don't think you know that's the emphasis that that you know people need to make like what it, like things different things work for different people you know and yeah. it's 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 a pretty cool thing that that you managed to you know or well, not managed to but, but chose to to stop um, smoking so that you can go pursue you know the things that you want to pursue overseas so you know it's worth it you know and I mean. Cannabis isn't going anywhere. It seems the world is finally coming around. I mean, even Thailand, you know, is now openly selling cannabis in cannabis shops and 
you know, trying to encourage the, the growth of their indigenous land races and things like that. But yeah, today is not a, a cannabis podcast, so we're going to get back onto topic uh, because <laughs> that's a topic that I will quickly rent, you know, a couple of hours on. <laughs> so yeah, um, basically we've covered now like the distinction between, you know, base states or preferred states and sobriety and, and things like that. Um, you know, like for me, if I go through sort of like your standard day, I will wake up in the morning. I've not eaten usually since about eight or nine the previous evening. So I've sort of woken up in, you know, the beginning of like a fasted state. And I'll usually try and not eat anything until one o'clock in the afternoon, just drinking water because I don't do coffee in the morning anyway. So, so I do, I try to do um, the intermittent fasting sort of thing because it's just a cool way to sort of, it has a few added benefits, similar to what, what coffee and stuff does, you know, like it makes you wake up with like a bit more energy, you feel a bit more focused, like like those sort of cognitive benefits are there. Um, and yeah, it just sort of fits my lifestyle. And since I started fasting, I felt healthier, better, more energy, you know, all that stuff. Um, and then by about one or two, then I'll eat, you know, sort of a light lunch. Um, usually drink, you know, some water. Sometimes if it's like uh, if it's a day I've been working outside on the farm or whatever, then I'll drink like you know an energy or something that has just like a bit more in it. Um, some days I'll do like a smoothie, a protein shake kind of thing, you know, get your body, you know, just to recover from the mornings, whatever it was doing. Um, and basically up until that point, you know, I'm still sober. That's what I consider you know, the sober portion of my day, once you've eaten, depending on what you eat, like let's say you eat like a really high sugar meal or you eat like lots of carbs or something, then your 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 chemistry is obviously going to change a little bit and you, you might have certain things available in your body and some other things not available. So your mental state is changing. But I think most people would still consider, you know, consider themselves sober after, you know, having their first meal and things like that, right? Yeah, most people would, because yeah, okay. your first meal is essentially your the rest of the energy that you get for the rest of the day. Yeah. So you're like, ah, if I didn't have this meal, then I wouldn't have energy for the rest of the day. So that will continue my sober outlook on life. Yeah. So, so like from what I can see, like like sobriety, uh, sobriety basically just means like not being intoxicated. Um, and intoxicated is sort of usually when you, it means when you're like under the influence of a substance or whatever, and it's usually like sort of a negative, uh, implies a sort of a negative effect, you know, like diminished mental or physical control. So I was wondering like, like what is it when you, when you sort of, you know, get like a positive mental shift, you know, like, is that, that's like a stimulant, you know, but is that still intoxication, you know? So like. Even even like the sugar, you know that, that that feeling of like yeah, that satisfied sweet tooth feeling. Like I ate something really really like sugary and nice and tasty, or like having like a really salty savory you know meal, or even that feeling of like you know you eat like a really protein fatty rich you know like home cooked meal with like veggies and stuff, and you get that satisfied happy almost euphoric sort of full belly happy feeling after a good meal, you know like. Those sort of things also affect your mental state. Um, 
And so I was sort of like wondering, you know, what what do you think about that? Like, you know, what do you think about the do you, do you think that that should be considered uh, an effect on sobriety or not? Well, usually sobriety is, as you said, not being intoxicated, but yeah. your mental state is changed by not just what you eat, but yeah, also I, what what happens to you. Yeah, but I have a rule. I have a rule. My rule is simply, you can't be happy, or you can't be angry after eating fried chicken. Because I love fried chicken. So if I fry chicken, then I know I'm going to be in a good state of mind for the rest, uh, for the rest of the day or for the, at least the next couple of hours. Uh, it's partly to do with how much I like it. And when I eat it, I eat enough of it to fill me up. So I would have a lot and make sure that I'm not hungry anymore after eating fried chicken. Whereas with other foods, I might be more picky. When it comes to eating it, I'm like, okay, I'll just have a little bit of this pasta. I'll have a little bit of that. And so I'm subconsciously also still feeling very hungry after doing that. And when I go to the gym, every day I go to the gym, because I don't eat that much... Um, when I go to the gym, when I get home after work, it feels like I'm literally dying of hunger. And it affects how I see everything, how I react to people. Um, even if I'm smoking my cigarettes and I'm having my coffee, I'm still going to be a bit more snappish because I'm so hungry, I could eat a horse right now. And then I eat the horse and then I think to myself, wow. I feel great. Um, not actually eating the horse, just eating food. <laughs> I, was r- I was running with the metaphor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you eat, you. <laughs> you eat, you eat the, the food and you just immediately feel much better. And yeah. I wouldn't consider that an intoxicated state. Yeah, that whole range of, of, of up and down, you know, from feeling frustrated and irritable and hangry all the way up to yeah. feeling happy and satisfied and whatever. That whole so, range is still within the realms of sobriety. Yeah, and it's and it's crazy to think that um, you you get that range happening from it, and yet if you go and drink two beers, you are considered drunk by law, and uh, having two beers essentially has no effect on me. Like I I would be more chilled after drinking two beers. But that's because I'm sitting down when I'm drinking the beer. Sitting down with friends and, you know, ha- like having a nice chat. So no, I, I, I will, I'll have to just, uh, like, let's say, I, I'll not push back on, on your experience for, for beer, but push back in, in that not being a general experience for, for everyone. Two beers can, mm-hmm. can uh, if you're not, uh, if you don't have tolerance, then uh, two beers can, can put you on your, you know, into, into a bit of trouble, um, depending on the beers and depending on your tolerance. Like, there's de- there's definitely uh, an effect from alcohol, and I mean, I I make beer, and like I know you can make some pretty mean like nine percent beers that are still beers. You know, you there's some beers that are like fourteen percent, and obviously that's like a bit of an outlier. But like a nine percent beer, you have two of those, and, and I know I'm feeling. I'm feeling there, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, 
intoxication, like I'm just I'm just sort of uh, trying to play with the word intoxication a bit or the word sobriety a little bit. Like, like where does it you know begin and end? Um, and like, because I mean we 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 associate like if I if I have a beer, like, am I intoxicated? Well, it depends on my tolerance, but probably yes, no matter who I am. You know, like no matter what what person yeah. it is, you know, people will consider you intoxicated. But like when you look at the definition, it's like, okay, well, diminished mental and physical control. So how far has that one beer diminished your mental and physical control? Enough for you to be considered intoxicated or not? So I think that's sort of, it's like a, a very hazy line, you know? So I suppose that's why you have like bad alcohol limits and things like that, you know, that people use as like in, in the legal system for, for like defining it. But then that, that poses another question because Diminish mental and physical um, uh, cognitive, a uh, cognitive, um, is what you experience when you drink beer. But think about me just waking up in the morning, and let's say I was someone who operated heavy machinery, and I wake up in the morning and I go straight to work because I'm late. Arrive at work, I don't have my coffee. I feel mentally and physically inhibited. So then, why is that not considered a form of intoxication when your body is not on its, on its base level, you know? That's exactly the point that I'm trying to get to. It's like, um, what do you call it? Like, when your mental and physical control is diminished, but not as a result. It's fatigue, I guess. But it's not always fatigue. Yeah. Sometimes you just... You just wake yeah. up and you're like, oh, I had a bad sleep because it's daily. It's technically it's it's technically a withdrawal, I guess. You know, because I mean, caffeine's causing the bad sleep in the first place, and now you mm -hmm. don't have the caffeine that you need to offset it in the morning. And that makes caffeine is it? Well, it's still one of the best drugs in the world, yeah. but it's also like caffeine is also not seen as an intoxicant. Yeah, ne no, neither, is, neither is sugar, and yeah. sugar is like, if I go to a birthday party, and I eat a, like a slice of cake or two slices of cake, I'm like, ha ha! Here comes the sugar rush. I want to go play in an arcade, you know. So then I run out and I want to go do something. But you have people who who have a bowl of just sugar for breakfast, and yeah. and then they go to work. They go to work all hyped up on that sugar, but just like how um, beer affects me differently, the sugar affects them differently. And yet yeah. we can look at one state as being a sober state, albeit a more hyperactive state, and the other one we look at as drunk state, you know, and that's yeah. frowned upon by society. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, that's actually an interesting point. Like, it wasn't actually so frowned upon by, uh, in society to be drunk until you know pretty recently because you know water sanitation wasn't that common and the the, the safest alternative that was affordable was beer because the fermentation process of, of beer basically cleans up your water a bit so your water is safer so there was a big chunk of history where mothers gave their children you know ciders in the, in the morning um so it's it's only in like the more recent times that that like society has switched to things like coffee, you know, and energy drinks, things like that. 
Um, and in Michael Pollan's books, actually, he does do a little bit of a deep dive into, you know, the origins of the coffee break and the origins of like uh, coffee in Western society and how it's, it's kind of a crazy concept that like your employer gives you access to a drug and off time to consume that drug because they know it'll make you more productive. Yeah. And also, it's not a drug like alcohol where you're going to drink like a couple of beers and then you can't operate heavy machinery anymore. Well, the thing is, is before, recent times, it didn't really matter. Like most jobs were like packing boxes on boats and shells and digging holes and chopping logs, you know, like it wasn't like a a bunch of saws or machinery going around where like a drunk guy might stumble into and it wasn't like record keeping and accounting and logistics and things like that. It's like try and get a drunk guy to do some accounting. Like, there's fucking no chance, you know. <laughs> the numbers—they attack me. I don't like your numbers. Yeah, you—you—you're the bad guy. <laughs> so yeah, like uh, all of this, all of this brings us around to, to like, I think maybe this is a bit of a point that I do want to make, but like, I think it shows the importance of of introspection, you know, and like. Taking, taking, you know, checking yourself and taking stock of how things are in your own life, like, like on a day-to-day basis, you know, like what's affecting you, what isn't it, um, you know, like you should maybe take some time to do mindful reflection or, or kind of just to, to to be more aware of these things, I guess, because that's the only way that you'd be able to to see what what where the good and where the bad is, what are the things that are, are making you, you know, what are having good out, what what inputs are having good outputs and what inputs are having bad outputs, you know? And I think, yeah, like if I had to look at cannabis, for example, uh, you know, and if we look at it in terms of of all of these these definitions, like if I take cannabis, there's definitely uh, an effect on both my physical uh, body and my mental uh, state. I, I definitely, I definitely, if I smoke a lot of cannabis, I'm definitely much more forgetful and things like that. But if I if I have like just a tiny bit, you know that that like that like sweet spot, then it calms everything down. Um, it you know it brings it brings the, the sort of noisy thought thought feeling or, um, back into like a more controllable uh, range. You know I can focus on just the one thing that I want to do as opposed to being distracted thinking about all the other things that I have going on around me. Um, but as as soon as I yeah, so so in, in, it's like kind of like a perspective change more than anything, and like a focus change more than anything else in the, in the small doses. But as soon as I have like several several bombs, then then I'm definitely intoxicated. Then I'm definitely in that realm of like diminished mental and physical control. Like, because I'm gonna laugh at things that I probably wouldn't usually find funny. I'm gonna feel more lazy and and sedated than I would usually. So that's definitely the mental and physical control thing. And I mean, on a high dose, like on a small dose, um, I'd be happy to, you know, cook and clean and work and have conversations and play around and kick a ball and swim and, do, you know, like do pretty much any, you know, physical or mental activity. But, you know, increase that dosage a little bit and I'm going to be sitting on the couch eating. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So I think there is like a, there is a bit of a scale to this, and I think it's very important to see how these substances affect you personally. You know, like even 
exercising too much could have a negative impact somewhere else in your life. You know, if you're sacrificing other things to go exercise, uh, if you're sacrificing other things because you don't want to stop smoking, if you're sacrificing other things because, or if you're starting to have issues with your heart or, you know, something like that, or you're getting stomach ulcers because you won't stop drinking coffee or something crazy like that, like, Maybe it's time for some introspection, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's time to look back on it. But yeah. that that's what introspective introspection is for. Because yeah, exactly. you, you are the only person who can tell how something is negatively affecting you. So if you think to yourself, okay, um, I like drinking. Drinking is fine. And you're drinking every single day. Um, and then at some point, your body starts you know, rebelling against it because they are, you see people's bodies break down because they are either drinking too much alcohol and that has had a negative effect on them. And you look at them and you can just tell, you know, that these guys are, are suffering. Um, same with... Sorry, I was going to say, it's like it's a downside to to tolerance. Is exactly yeah. that. It's like, yeah. because you can drink more, you also need to drink more to get to that yeah. point. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, I used to go out quite a lot when I arrived here. And I used to go out, you know, essentially every weekend. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm going out every weekend. And it it became more expensive for me to go out. Because I'll go out and be like, first weekend, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'll have, I'll spend like a certain amount of money. And I'll be like, cool, this is, this is going to get me pretty drunk. And then the next time I go out, then I have to spend a little bit more and spend a little bit more and spend a little bit more. And then at one point, I just went, you know what? Like, I, I don't want to go out an entire night just chasing the dragon, so to speak. Trying to get as drunk as possible. Um, so I moved away from just going out and drinking as much as I possibly could. And I've moved to having more activities. That would, you know, they'll, they'll have some drinks happening with it. But you have your activities that you do while you're drinking. And you don't have to get that drunk. That's actually yeah. a very good point. Like I noticed when I slowed down my drinking as well, I noticed that a lot of the time, drinking is the activity. Yeah. So so people will be like, hey, let's go drink. And I'll be like, and do what? And they're like, what do you mean? You know? Like, and when you, when, you, when you have that realization, you're like, oh, wait. We, we literally are just going and ingesting a diluted poison until we forget what we did that night. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, when, when I realized, when I realized that at some point, because I was out with friends and then like the whole night, I don't remember anything, but I remember how I felt when I was sitting in the middle of a Burger King with like surrounded by my friends and they were like, yo, it was a good night. We enjoyed, enjoyed going out. And I went, what did we do? Like, no, nah, we went to this place and then we drank here. Then we went to another place and we drank there. And I'm like, well, what are we doing in Burger King? They're like, no, we're done drinking. I'm like, so nothing else? They're like, no, we're done now. So uh, I moved away from going out just to drink to making sure I had activities. Uh, yeah. There was one point where um, last month I went out with a couple of friends and then we went... Uh, we, we decided, okay, we're going to start uh, by having a drink or two. So we had a beer 
Then we took a taxi and we got a uh, went uh, what's it called laser that a uh, laser tag. We played laser tag oh, and awesome. it was amazing. And after playing laser tag, uh, we went to we just went walking around looking for different different things that we could see. And then we we found this building with this huge ass gorilla and emphasis on the ass because that gorilla had had quite a badonga donk on it <laughs> but he was we we got to see all these different things and i wasn't drunk through it through it all so whenever i go out with his friends we always try to make sure we are doing something we can't just drink we have to do something otherwise it's yeah. just drinking and that that's not our hobby we don't like that that's not all that encompasses us like yeah. we're going out to to um see a couple of escape rooms within the next month um or we might just go to a rave where it's dinking, drinking and dancing yeah, perfect <laughs> and that's at least two <laughs> things <laughs> two things yay <laughs> yeah so yeah it, uh, when i when i slowed down on my drinking it was it was like things opened up to me and i went huh I can actually go and do some weird stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it, it is, it's really important, I think, to, to just be conscious of those things. Like, because, like, when you're younger, I think you don't think things fully through. You're just like, yeah, my friends are drinking, I'm drinking, we're all having fun, right? Yeah, we're having fun. Like, you just sort of go with it. But it's the sort of moment you really reflect on these things, you're like, but we literally just sat around and, like, okay, a lot of those times with my friends, like the two of us when we were younger, we were younger it, it's not just drinking because there is, you know, back and forth banter and shooting each other and jokes and stuff like that the whole time. So it's not like you're just sitting there, like there is conversation happening. But the activity was we're going to go get drunk. And yeah. at the end of the night, we're all going to be drunk. Like that, that's, that's, that's the plan, the whole plan. <laughs> And it's like, oh, well, it's a missed opportunity where you could have just added one extra thing there, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, and also, hangovers suck, dude. Like, yeah, hangovers me. just suck. You wake up in the morning and That's you're like... That's something I don't miss. You, you feel like you have actually spent an entire night actively poisoning yourself. And you wake up and you're like, ah, that's the poison. I I feel like, like shit. <laughs> yeah, so... um. A nice, so yeah, I think that's pretty much the majority of the, the conversation that I, that I wanted to sort of bring up. But uh, we can probably just talk a little bit about like uh, introspection, like uh, more specifically, you know, like uh, meditation as a form of introspection. So like just med not meditation necessarily in the sense of like getting in a robe, sitting on a mat, like, you know, thinking until you hover, um, but more just like, creating a space in your day or in your week or in just somewhere where you where you regularly check in with yourself um and you know like obviously meditation has like very specific de like definitions within you know buddhist practice and within you know wellness and and various things but if we could just step, like, you know, I'm not an expert at that stuff, so we can step away from that for a second. Like, just spending a time sitting in a spot, you know, clearing your mind, breathing a bit, and thinking. And thinking about, like, you know, or, or not thinking, like, 
meditation is supposed to be clearing your mind. But I mean, you can meditate on things as well. You know, like you can think about you know how things affecting you. You can think about things like that. And I think that is something that that is worth adding. You know, to your life. Like, I, I have a tendency to get you know pretty fucking lazy with these things, um, and I'm I'm kind of impulsive as well. So I get like really busy into projects and I neglect everything else in the rest of my life in favor of the new thing that I'm trying to do. Um, but I can definitely see, like if, I, if I'm doing everything the way I'm supposed to be doing it, you know, like if I'm having a good week and I've exercised, you know, four or five times a week, I've done a little bit of like stretching and yoga and I've meditated. And the whole week I've managed to, to fast, you know, and I've like kept my fasting, you know, like on what I wanted to be. And, uh, you, know, you know, so you've done your exercise, fasting, everything is good. You just feel so much better. Like, like, good job. It's weekend now. The whole week is behind me and I hit like all those targets. I hit all those things that I wanted to do. So like... It's just about motivation to try and be like, man, you know you want to be that person. That's the guy you want to be. You've been him in mo for brief moments. And now you're just sort of going to try and find a way to, to knock away the things that are keeping you from being that guy more, you know? Um, and I know you like to, to exercise also. Do you want to add anything about, you know, meditation or fasting or anything like that before talking about exercising? Um, well, exercising is how I reach that med uh, that meditation. Uh, if I if I go to the gym, what I what I like to have is a clear cut plan of what I'm going to be doing. Now I don't know um, all the specific names of the machines, but I know I'm going. If I'm going in for back and biceps, I'm doing bicep curls, then uh, working on my back then doing some more curls, and then working on my back. And I go in with a plan, so I don't have to think. And when I am busy hitting um, hitting the weights, hitting the rack and all of that, my mind clears up while I, while I exercise. I breathe. I have to breathe correctly. Otherwise, let's say I'm bench pressing. I have to know that I exhale when I push out. And if I'm going to push out... Um, if I lower the bar, that's when I breathe in. So everything is about controlling your body, controlling your breath, and it allows me to half wander away from where my mind is. So I'm able to sit in the gym and, um, you know, just think over stuff as well. And if, if I'm not thinking over stuff, I'm just quietly sitting by myself and quietly being by myself because i i don't like people interacting with me at the gym i'm like i'm here to the gym i want to work um and it's helping me just clear up how i feel and as a result um because i do it in the early in the morning the rest of the day is spent lighter because i don't have i don't feel weighed down by everything that i'm usually feeling at that point because for that hour, I am in the gym, I'm concentrating on myself, and I'm working on myself. So, and everything is planned out beforehand. So that, that is why 
meditation or gym would be my meditation. Okay, I see. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. You know, like you get to work off the steam, you get to like, burn off some energy or burn off some of that coffee and, yeah. you know, clear your mind a bit. It makes sense. Yeah, like, I, I'm not fa- a fan of like you know, the gym. Uh, probably, I mean, I live on a farm, so it's like a bit far from my town, so it's not super convenient. And then I've basically got like enough space to set up like a little area for myself. So I've just got like, you know, free weights, you know, little exercise pad and stuff like that. So I do mostly like body resistance type stuff, yoga stuff, uh, push-ups, pull-ups, pulls, you know, rows, things like that. Like things you can do at home. Um, and I just spend some time working out like what works well for me to just, you know, have something to do. Um, and yeah, definitely, it definitely does help. And I, I also prefer to do my exercising in the morning because it works well with the whole fasting thing. It's like you wake up, okay, do your exercise, you know, take a shower, get dressed, okay, cool, you're good for the day. And it also feels like, yeah, I've already accomplished something for today. It's like I can tick, it's like I've ticked the task off. Or, uh, um, I like to try and uh, imagine my life as like, you know, some sort of a game or whatever, and I've got like a bunch of tasks that I'm going like, to tick off. And I like to run my life that way. So. It's like, oh, I've got to send a letter to this person, got to talk to that tenant, got to move those things, got to fetch those things there. And, you know, in between all of that, it's like, oh, tick off some exercise, tick off, you know, did some admin at home, tick off, you know, cleaned, you know, did the washing, tick off, did the dishes, like those sort of things. It, if, I, if I make it, like, if it's gamified, I know, it just feels a bit more fun and easy to do and easy to keep on top of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and also... If you go, if you exercise in the morning, um, you not just so much ticked off something for the day. It you accomplished something, you know. And it's a lot like games because in a game, uh, let's go with World of Warcraft. Essentially, you're always just leveling up, so you're always yeah. chasing the next level up that you yeah, can you're get. You're stat building, man. You're stat building. Yeah, so you're like, ha! Huh, my stats went up today. I'm great. I can I can go and do what I want. <laughs> Yeah, on the on the on the heads up overlay, you you just got plaster, 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 plaster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, I did it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, that's 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 pretty much what I've got. Like, I think um, what I gathered from this whole conversation today is that we need to do uh, add two more topics to our list. It's it's uh, talking in depth about like exercise and things like that, and then another topic for me to maybe read is uh, talking in depth about cannabis and you know some of the benefits and what I like about it. Um, what do you think? I am going to be adding that to the list. Awesome. And then yeah, I think that is really everything I've got prepared here. So is there anything you want to like revisit? Or- talk about again or talk about a bit more before we before we sign off no there's nothing else i would like to like to talk about like right now i don't feel like i have like there's anything else i want to talk about but at some point i am gonna sit and think and this will all come rushing back to me and i'll think ah but at that point we'll just add it to another conversation that we have on this topic We'll just have another one, yeah. We'll just do another one. Yeah. Well, um, and I guess that brings us to the end of this one. Uh, 
you know, like and subscribe, all that stuff if you, if you enjoy it. Uh, thank you for sticking with us this long. Um, as you can see, we're going to jump around on topics a little bit. So I actually have no idea what our next topic is going to be. It, it might be Minecraft uh, because they made pink wood in Minecraft. And that's, that's, that's very exciting. <laughs> So, it is extremely exciting. Like yeah. it's wood and it's pink and it yeah. goes with like the red wood. So you put the red wood and maybe pink goes well with blue. So then you put the blue with the pink. The possibilities. It's just it's it's dope. Like there's so many color combos. Like I'm I'm like I'm not excited. <laughs> I'm not excited for for Minecraft. So yeah, <laughs> that's probably what you guys are gonna hear from us yeah. next. <laughs> Yeah, and when we split out the Minecraft episode or the Minecraft uh, podcast, we will also be launching our own Minecraft server. Um, I'm going to put my uh, streaming details in the uh, description of this episode. So I run a nice uh, stream every single week. I try to do it at least once every week. With the advent of Minecraft, I will be streaming more often. And I'll put those details down in the description for everyone to follow. And I usually tag along on Paul's Twitch streams, so you'll you'll get more of of me. <laughs> a lot, of, yeah, that's fine. But <laughs> I, I I quite enjoy having you there. It's like it's like I am having a normal day, and then John Cena comes in and just like makes the day better. <laughs> that's how right. I feel about it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> that, that's good to know. I'm I'm gonna picture myself as John Cena. <laughs> Maybe you should change your name. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm Richard Johnson. That's that's my name. <laughs> Double dicking it. <laughs> um. Okay, so that brings us to the end, I guess. Uh, it's been awesome chatting with you today, Flo. Thank you. Uh, and I will see you for the next one. Yeah, it's been marvelous talking to you. <laughs>